I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internal, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at anna_the_spiritual_midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Xenia. Xenia is a mom of two, originally from the Ukraine, now living in Germany with her partner and daughters. Today, we will hear about her two births. We will briefly touch on her first birth, which was a medical induction due to being considered overdue by the medical establishment that took three days as her body wasn't ready to labor and birth. Xenia experienced this birth as traumatic, and so when she fell pregnant again, she chose to have a home birth and to do all in her power to educate herself and prepare herself for a natural birth, including taking the natural birth course. Her second birth ended up being a natural and physiological home birth just like she had wished and worked so hard for. The birth was life-changing, according to Ksenia, and what's interesting about her story is that her labor process was very unique in its unfolding, a birth story that really surprised me. Her empowering home birth healed her previous birth trauma and made her inspired to start a blog about natural pregnancy and birth and raising kids. Curious about Ksenia? Find her on Instagram as Natural Birth Blog. Hi, Ksenia, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Hi, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm very good. Beautiful. How are you? I am great. I am great. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, 
I wonder, I think, I think you're the first mama from Germany. I know you're originally from Ukraine, which is also a first. So you're double firsts, I think. Um, first time I interview a woman that's given birth in Germany. And obviously, yeah, you're from the Ukraine. So that's great. I love having different uh, nationalities on the podcast. That's kind of the idea is to have a variation, you know, so we can learn from each other and we can see, you know, if there's different kinds of um, maternity systems and ways of birthing around the world. Uh, and so I'm really curious to hear about your experience in Germany. I know that you have two children. How old are they? Please, can you share a little bit about uh, your babies? Yes, um, my elder Elizabeth, she's almost three. She will be three in March. And my younger, Eva, she's, uh, she's going to be nine months soon. We wanted such a small age difference. Yeah, oh, Not much did we know back then how hard it will be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess you get all those um you know young years out of the way I know yeah I know people you know parents think about this like should we space them out should they have it close together and you know who knows what's easiest really because <laughs> I guess then they'll have each other when they get a bit older but yes I understand that right now it's probably pretty hectic in your household yes and it's this picture that you see in the social media or hear from friends nobody tells you the real <laughs> struggle right <laughs> everybody says no it's so cool they're playing together yeah, yeah soon maybe yeah. I guess in a year or so when when both are a bit older they'll find each other they can entertain each other a bit more but anyways we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about the births and I know that you shared briefly with me before starting recording that your first um birth ended up unfortunately being a traumatic experience for you in the hospital system and it even made you think potentially to free birth this time around but you didn't you did have a home birth with the midwife I know you shared um, that you wanted the first time around to be a natural birth as well but you maybe didn't do the preparation or you didn't maybe educate yourself fully or you weren't you were just a first time mom just like most women out there um you know just thinking that you know I want to have a natural birth not go into hospital and I know a little bit and it'll all be fine and you know for some it will but for the majority unfortunately um interventions happen and medicalization happen kind of to you um, and that's kind of what happened for you so when you fell pregnant again you decided you did not want to go back to the hospital system. Why was that? Mm, I was so, I think I, I could start crying just thinking about my first birth. Um, there were so many points that I found traumatizing. I tried to heal this trauma right after birth because it was just hard to understand what, what just happened. But I, I couldn't, uh, like each time I would start thinking about just someone else's birth or somebody would be talking about the experience I would just burst in tears mm. and I knew that if I would go to the hospital um it, this mindset this this fear this trauma this would come back on me again and I would not be able like even now knowing more I prepared much better the second time around mm. and you wouldn't be able to do it in the hospital it's just like a trigger like I, I was violated there if yeah. you could say that I, I got the trauma I'm not saying that somebody particularly was violent to me no but the 
birth experience as I perceived it. So I, I didn't want to have labor in hospital anymore. So yeah. This time around, I was brave enough to ask my partner, well, to tell him that we are having a home birth. I know that many women, it's uh, another, let's say, pearl of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Many women are scared. They think that their partners will be against. I talked to many women that yeah. also the first time I wanted the home birth the first time around, but I thought my partner would be against. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, because when we don't know, our first thought is that it's safest to be in hospital. And maybe, especially maybe as a man, um, you you probably never have even considered something else. Whereas maybe as a woman, you've heard of other people maybe having home births or, you know, you're a woman. So maybe, especially as you come into age of thinking about having babies, you start maybe um, having a bit of an interest. But yes, most men will never even have considered maybe having having a home birth as a possibility. So the second it's time around, weird. you just decided like, yeah, you want to have a home birth and you told your partner, what did he say then? I, um, I helped myself to convince him with, I, I had articles prepared. So there were scientific articles. <laughs> that. I, I didn't need it for myself, but uh, to convince him, mm-hmm. I've sent him some abstracts of it then the full article and of course it's it's scientifically proved that uh, home births are more safe if you have if it's not a spontaneous birth but if you have a midwife that is caring for you mm. that the outcomes are better at home. And in hospital yeah on all yeah, levels so he was on board yeah beautiful um, you know some people do need those statistics and and that evidence to be convinced especially when you just don't have your own kind of intuition telling you that so what did you do to prepare this time around i read a lot of articles (laughs) and also i purchased your course birth preparation course i also had a postpartum course but i guess uh, for preparing for birth it was very helpful because information is so um like i don't need to do much much research outside of it right you're given a lot of uh, wisdom knowledge and the most valuable thing for me was um the way you helped me to get over my birth trauma Mm. so there was um, this part about the meditation fear release meditation i think it's called yeah as much as I worked with my fears before and as much as I thought that I'm mostly over it, once it came to this particular part, I understood that how much um, still it is inside of me, this pain, this fear mostly that, of course, I, I was afraid that it would repeat again. Yeah. So uh, after them, there were two parts. I think one was fear. You need to write down the fears. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was consistent of multiple parts of working with it. Uh, I cried right after mm, mm. the task. And then the same day, the night, I woke up at three at night and then I cried straight for for a very long time. And then I felt like it's, it's gone. Wow. Mm. I love that. That's so powerful. 
That's so powerful that you did that. And it is to face our fears. Like it's sometimes we need some guidance and, you know, kind of just the space held for that to be, to be relived or be witnessed in ourselves, right. To be able to go, Oh yeah, it's still there. And then just to let it flow. I love that you, that you had that release and feeling is really healing, isn't it? It's how we heal is to actually feel all the feelings that we have. Just, uh, you have to let it go. The first experience was traumatic in order to go into the second one and uh, not to take it with you because it will be hindering you. Yeah. I, I knew I will be not completely in my power if I would be still remembering having this mo movie, Kopfkino, it said in German, the, you would be still imagining how it looked back then. And yeah. uh, you, you helped me. I'm very, very thankful to you. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. I love that the natural birth course could assist you in your preparation. And that it helps. Yes, of course, that. I listen to every podcast as well. <laughs> I listen to other ones. Uh, there, is, there are beautiful resources there. Mm. There is this Midwife's Cauldron that I love ah. with Dr. Dr. Rachel Reed and mm. Katie James. Mm. Very good yeah. resource. There's the book of Ina May Gaskin, both of them also found very helpful because they give uh, inside not only the spiritual part of it, but they also uh, they have many natural birth stories. It's like similar to your podcast, but also there is a part that is like for midwives where you get some insights about the physiology, physiology of what's happening that I found really helpful. Yeah, it helps to understand, doesn't it? That's what I always say to women, you know, is educate yourself. And that can look so different for different people. You know, some love, love, you know, to just take information from someone speaking to them or some people love listening or some people love reading. And, and you just have to find your way of how you absorb wisdom and knowledge and for you it sounds like you used all of them and which is great because it's like different parts of your brain that's kind of taking in that knowledge in different ways and maybe it's the same knowledge but you get it from different angles so it just deeply kind of integrates into you somehow when you hear it in different ways from different people in different words you know it's um maybe it's worth also saying why you need to educate yourself because many women say, oh, we are women, we can do it. Yes, but mm, some of us, most of us, um, we have such a, mm, I would not say troubled brain, but the, un, uh, the brain rest, restless. We, are, we keep thinking and it might be standing in the way. So understanding the process um, knowing that what's happening is normal oh it might be this or that stage or it must be sign or this and that it's just some small hints that would help you stay calm like the second time around I perfectly I knew where am I mm. well okay maybe I was thinking that I'm a bit further behind than I actually was but it was oh. so calm <laughs> my midwife came 15 minutes before my baby was born wow. like, I was I was so like I knew what's going on. That's why the free person is. It's maybe not the most ideal option for me because all well, the partner also bears quite a lot of responsibility in this case. But 
I would also be able to do this because well, I knew about the stages of the process. I knew about variations of normal. So I was mm. not in panic. Mm. I, I was able to help myself. Another valuable resource, if I may mention, is the spinning babies. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's how you prepare your body and you, how you help the baby turn during pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, they also have this uh, parent classes. Uh, uh, I purchased that video. I was doing yoga from them. So it helps baby to be in the most optimal position for the birth start. Wow, beautiful. Amazing. Wow. So, but yeah, I can't wait to hear your story now because I hear that it's going to be really beautiful. Um, but I love that. Like you really are um, a great example of you know, preparing and you knew what you needed, you know, you, you, and you went out and you spent time, energy, money on preparing yourself on going like, I need these books. I need these courses. I want this, you know, and you gave that to yourself so that you could feel fully prepared in going into the second birth. And I love that. And I wish more women would do that for themselves. I feel like we spend time energy and money on other things that are not as important as this amazing rites of passage that birth truly is and would you say that it's worth spending these uh you know hundred dollars oh, here Jesus, and there of course like, uh, <laughs> psychiatrist after if you have the trauma they cost so much more <laughs> and uh, like healing the trauma is so much more expensive it's uh this time around i was like yes of course there are life situations when you just don't have the possibility you didn't have the resources but this time it was so important for me it's my physical health it's my mental health it's and especially that I can do it so of course I, I thought uh, it's the most important part of the preparation yeah I wish there was one book that would like read it and you would understand you would be totally ready for birth no there are multiple aspects right so you and especially mm. the first trauma it's there are so few resources at least i didn't find much more than and i strongly i will be waiting for you to release a course on birth trauma healing because i know many more mamas that would be interested in it yeah maybe not many are talking about it but it's so it's valuable what you're doing thank you for sharing that and i and i do know i mean i work a lot one-on-one -on -one with mamas with birth trauma and yeah, one in three women actually, you know, they experience their birth as traumatic. And that's shocking that it's such a high percentage of women. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe I'll have to sit down and, and create some resource for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> okay, well, let's dive on into your positive home birth story now I can't wait to hear after all this preparation I know now that it's going to be magical so take us back to the early signs of labor approaching for you and how many weeks were you this time around um I gave birth at 41 and five six it was not yet 42 but it was very close again yeah um the early signs, so they started two, three weeks before. I was thinking I'm in labor every day. <laughs> but, uh, and the, because I had now the comparison, I knew what uh, contractions or how P 
people are calling them waves. Uh, I am the most positive person about this whole labor <laughs> contractions. They started so early and they were lost and they were, uh, but they would be gone once I would be sleeping. So I would wake up and then, oh no, no baby again. And it was quite tiring because they were also, I can't say very painful, but it was not just usual Braxton Hicks that I had last time. So they were very noticeable. And if I would be outside walking, I would have to stop and breathe through them. That's why it seemed really like labor. They were not very long, not more than a minute. But I then realized that it's a thing, that it's a called prodermal labor. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And especially, actually, when you've had more babies, you can start sometimes earlier that you have these kind of yeah, weeks of feeling like it's happening, but it's not, yeah. Um, on the day, um, I was walking with my daughter. I was taking her from the daycare home. And I was already so, I was upset, to be honest. Uh, I was, uh, I thought I was in labor for weeks, but it was not happening. And I was already so huge. I usually gain a lot of I gained like 25 kilos every time I'm pregnant. Yeah. I was huge. I'm tired. I have a toddler that is not listening. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe my body cannot give, like maybe my body cannot go into birth by itself because of course the first time around I was induced. I didn't know how it has mm. to start. And mm, I was having this really negative thoughts. And then I thought my body could, uh, grow this baby i could get pregnant i could grow this baby it's already the second baby i've grown my body is really awesome when it comes to breastfeeding i have so much milk uh, again experience with my firstborn so i thought and even after three days of birth i still labored by myself i didn't have any tears and mm. i could do it so yes i can do it and it's such a magical thing what how your mind controls your body yeah. I went into labor the same night. Maybe mm. I had to let go. Maybe it was yes. the final processing of the fears of the trauma. But I went to labor at, at midnight, around midnight, shortly after midnight. Yeah. My uh, contraction started again. And I laid down. I thought maybe again they would go. So I laid down and fell asleep. But they didn't. Mm. Mm. I was laboring the whole night, um, mostly on my side. I was trying to, sl I was trying to sleep, and I was napping. Uh, at first, I got so excited that I couldn't fall asleep because of that, because I was so happy and excited. <laughs> Not because it was painful, but they were very noticeable already. Um, I fell asleep uh, probably around two, and I slept until five. Mm. Um, I'm, I don't know if I still had contractions but i think i was progressing um the fun part about my second labor was that my body was giving me breaks um of one or two hours all over the day oh. so i yes i started at midnight but then it was a few hours of contractions then nothing that's what made me think that maybe it's maybe it's still not it maybe i'm well yes it's intense but uh, I didn't know it's a thing with such breaks. Yeah. So you woke uh, up at five I, in the morning and yeah. 
Yes, that's when I told the dad, my partner, that he's not going to the office, but he might, he can go work down, he can do home office. That's when he couldn't sleep anymore. <laughs> so excitement. <laughs> um, yeah, but I could. I slept until 10 because when I woke up, contractions were gone again. Oh. Yeah. And I was feeling quite stupid. <laughs> I was doing uh, laundry breakfast uh, and was feeling, well, it's a guilty that I was didn't let him go to work. Uh, and contractions are gone. Why, why did I decide that it's a... Then we had lunch and we went for a walk. That's when it picked up again. Okay. And then I think um, it was around um, midday and we went for a walk around the house, not far away. But I guess the the walking that uh, the head of the baby was kept bumping at the uterus. I, I keep imagining it. It helps me somehow to understand the process. Well, it so, does. It, when the head comes lower, that's how we activate labor. It sends the right kind of signals and the right hormones gets released. And yeah, it's true. That's how it works. That's... Uh, we were, I think there were contractions for approximately five minutes, five to seven minutes apart. Uh, but I had to slow down, stand, hold, uh, maybe I put the hands around the, the neck of my partner that's outside and breathe, breathe. And this time around, I knew I have to relax. So that was my whole thoughts that lips should be relaxed, that I was trying to imagine the uterus lips or the opening that it's really soft like it was doing this <laughs> um imaginary softening in my head then we came back home from the short walk and i was doing the dishes uh, our parents parents of my partner they were supposed to pick up our daughter from the daycare and take her to their house to look after her and they decided to check on us mm -hmm. and that was already my contractions for every uh, I think three or five minutes but uh, I knew exactly when the next one would come and they were lasting one one and a half minutes and it was already powerful experience I knew that with other people and like it would be weird for them mostly because I would have to close my eyes, moan, do the sounds. I was doing this blowing raspberries. And so they came in and uh, yeah, I, I got, uh, I went to the lower bathroom and I was doing my moaning there. <laughs> they said, bye. <laughs> we, see, we see you're busy. Bye. <laughs> so yeah, stay. Mm. They, they left came and, and yeah, came and went. They realized pretty quickly that you were in full-on labor. Yeah, it's uh, you know such a mindset of elder people because they're like, "What? You're you're already making such sounds, and you're still not in hospital." Like, yeah, no, they, they knew it's gonna be a home birth, but they're like, even your midwife is not yet there. Like, no, no, not yet, not yet. Um, yeah, they left a cake. They left a rhubarb cake. And uh, I was thinking, bah, rhubarb cake. <laughs> so the season. Uh, but um, that's the moment when I guess I 
I thought of calling my, yes, I called my midwife because contractions were um, either five or three minutes apart. I don't remember anymore, but um, probably more five minutes, but they were one, one and a half minutes or something like I knew I'm in labor. Mm. But I was still, it was good to be just me and my partner. It was good at home. I was not scared. I just felt uncomfortable downstairs where I have two living rooms, like upper living room is more private it's where I was planning to give birth so we decided to move upstairs my midwife said on the phone that as long as I feel like I don't need her I don't need her as long as I feel safe yeah yeah but uh still was nice to update her about the progress that uh, she knows that it's already probably a labor I've still had a bit of doubts because then the second break like another break came oh. um in Germany, there is such time, it's called coffee drinking. Around four to five, you drink coffee or tea oh, really? with a piece of cake. Oh, yes, it's like okay. tea time in England, but Germans call it drinking coffee. Oh, okay. And uh, it has to be a piece of cake. So uh, we went upstairs, we were drinking we were drinking tea and this rub-up cake, which turned out to be really tasty. <laughs> And we were joking that I'm again faking it because the <laughs> contractions were again off. Oh, there was totally off on the or just slowing down, like totally nothing? No, completely nothing. For nothing. how long? Um, 45 minutes, probably. We were sitting upstairs uh, uh-huh. on the couch. Maybe it's the, the positions, but like... I was sitting, we were chatting, and then um, Mario said, you're faking it again. So <laughs> he, he went probably to get something. I decided to fold the laundry again. Like, yes, lots of laundry, small kids. And then when I stood up, uh, that's when I realized it's a bad idea because, again, you're standing up, the head is pressing, and then the contractions came came back. Okay. Um, but it was already around five. Yes, I had my last sip of... I think it was tea when such a powerful wave it came that I had to jump up, <laughs> jump up and jump on all of all, all fours because yes, previous ones were strong, but not as strong. This one was whoo. <laughs> Here we're talking. And that was five to seven. Shortly after seven, I gave birth. So this um, the last stage well the really active labor started at five yeah I was just gonna say you know when you said that you had that break you know we talk about how when you come up to being fully dilated sometimes you have this pause before the bearing down and it sounds like maybe you had this pause this kind of rest phase I had another one. Wait. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I was not yet fully dilated. I like I was doing self checks. Ah, brilliant. (laughs) But that's that's not not on the sign. I also I feel the difference. Well, women feel the difference, right, between the contractions that are opening and then the Mm. urges that are pushing. So it was still opening. So just at five, they became so powerful and they um that's the one that broke my water bag 
I was laying on my side on the couch. Yeah. I know they're saying uh, laboring while laying is a bad idea, but it was the least painful for me. So laying on my right side was yeah. something between uh, with a pillow between my legs. Mm. and wait a moment a romantic moment my partner is a musician he was playing piano for me (laughs) and so I was trying to concentrate on music I was like what I was imagining the music you know it sounds very trippy but (laughs) it was helping at the moment yeah he was serenading you music's amazing it can really still your mind and really make you be in that moment yeah and there came such a double picking contraction it's a very new experience for me. So usual ones were already one and a half minutes. I was timing them. But that one was when it comes to the upper point, when it's the most intense, it hits you again. So it doesn't go down, but it like, gets even stronger. And it was in the end, something like two and a half minutes one, two Oof. and a half minutes long one. And that's when it broke my water bag. Oof. I jumped up from the couch. Well, because water couch... I had something under my butt, but I was still, uh, it's, don't jump up if you're listening to, try not to jump up, right? Because it, the cord, cord can get under the head and it might be dangerous, right? But yeah, at the moment. Not really. I just want to, this is great that you say that because, you know, some people are like, you know, scared of cord prolapse. It's very rare for that to happen uh, with a mature baby, with a baby that's really well applied to the cervix. The head is deep down. It's more common if you have a lot of water, for example, and the head is floating as you start labor. So most babies' heads will be down in the pelvis, like really far down. So it's plugging everything, right? So then the cord is safe. It's when a baby say high up, maybe there's twins. There's other reasons where it's high, you know, higher risk. And it's very, very low risk in any case. So yeah, I understand that that might have been a you know a scare for you, but it's generally yeah. not something that happens to you know when you've had a normal physiological birth and you're kind of all low risk and baby's head is well applied and all of that. Do you want a natural birth, mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready, body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I was not thinking about it in the moment. I just jumped up out of, oh, wow, that's a new experience. <laughs> I was, uh, yes, I checked the water was uh, clear. Mm. Um, and then I said, I'm running to the bathroom to, it's all different floors. I'm running to the bathroom to wash up. Like my, I was more excited and uh, like I was not uh, scared, was not uh, really in pain. Yes, contractions were nothing that much pleasant, but you can still deal with them. So I went to the bathroom to wash up and that's when I thought that shower head so I was not uh, under the shower but just in the bathtub with the shower head but it felt felt so nice mm. to you know just to put the water over the belly and then it's so much easier to live through very intense contractions it just distracts you a bit while the healing power of water it. Mm. I also spent quite a bit of time on the just because I knew that it helps to relax like I knew that it's the moment that maybe the baby is coming soonish so um, I need to help it mm. and because the contractions got so intense so I don't want to say painful yes yes they are but they're like really intense it was harder to make myself not to cramp so I was then sitting on the potty uh, helping what I believed was helping the process. Yeah. Um, once my water bag broke, um, my partner squeaked, that's the time to call the midwife, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, because before he was suggesting already a few times because I was al already very vocal and the contractions were across. But I was saying, imagine somebody else sitting in the room mm. and watching me doing it. It's so awkward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I know some people like, huge sport uh, maybe groups moms friends uh, midwives doulas everyone's so different you know we're all so different you just trust whatever you feel and totally and I mean I've had a lot of women you know that will be laboring in the other room I'll just sit in the kitchen or or, or the opposite I'll be in the living room they're in the bathroom or they're in the bedroom like you can always make yourself scarce as well I just had flashbacks from my first birth mm. when this four hours of pushing when I didn't have any more contractions. Mm. I was just trying to push myself and there would be a midwife and the doctor just sitting next mm. to my open legs and like watching me and I really didn't want anyone to be watching me. No. <laughs> so I was saying, no, no, not yet. Not, not, not yet time. It's, I'm fine. Yeah. But when the water bag broke, I guess everybody knows that things will be very happening very quickly once the water back yeah it's if it's in the end of your labor yeah it can definitely go very quick mm. my midwife she lives in the other city it's uh, approximately 40 minutes for her to get there mm. um yeah she made it let's say on time but um, what was happening before that um I went to the bathroom and went again upstairs because that's where I was. One, I wanted to, I wanted to give birth upstairs. There were curtains so I could make it completely dark. Um, mm. I, uh, there was a waterproof mattress, usual mattress, but with a waterproof cover. I had my, um, it's not exactly rebozo, but just a long um, piece of cloth. I use it for later binding the baby to you. Um, yeah. such as a carrier but could also use it in birth so it was hanging from the ceiling 
they got prepared, but I really didn't want to stay there anymore. I, I wanted to go back to the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. where I again landed. <laughs> Love the bathroom. And I know, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I knew that I have to listen to myself. What will be happening in the moment? That's why I had prepared both bedrooms. So upstairs and my bedroom. It also had a waterproof cover, but I didn't want to be there. I went for the bathroom. Um, another interesting moment to mention, I guess uh, I didn't hear it in your podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, um, the plug, the plug that is coming out. In the mucus plug? The yes, the mucus plug. I first got scared when I saw it, <laughs> <laughs> but I actually saw it coming out. It just looks like a lot of slime, a lot of yeah. mucus coming out of and at some moment, moment, I was wondering, well, because I was washing myself after after the water broke, mm. I saw then this mucus coming out. And because I was imagining there's just one piece as a cork, as a wine cork. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just a lot of mucus coming and coming and coming. It was not possible to get rid of it. So I just thought, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just so that maybe somebody listening would also think, oh, it's normal. Yes, I mm. think it's normal, right? Yes, it's normal. There's a lot of stuff coming out. <laughs> there's some blood sometimes, there's some mucus, there's lots of uh, discharge, there's waters. Yeah, you just get very juicy down there. It's what's happening. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I ran the water and I hopped in the bathtub. I was still having contractions that are opening con contractions. But then I laid down in the bathtub and I think things changed. That's probably when I opened. Bathtub was still almost empty but because I just started it. I was by myself there. Hmm. And uh, once it was half full, we're talking 10 minutes, 15. I didn't know the time slows down. Time flows in its own manner than once yeah. you're in labor, right? Um, I felt the urge to push and for me it was the, also a new experience it's like the first time I didn't first time around they induced me and I was so tired mm. on Sunday so on the third day that I didn't have any more the yeah, urge you were to push I, I, had, yeah. I had to do it I was on the oxytocin I was like completely Mm. so I pushed out that baby just with my belly muscles mm. but this time around whoa mm. very powerful <laughs> sensations it's the whole body gets tense mm. and it pushes by itself I didn't have to I was actually trying to relax at the moment that that hard that <laughs> I don't know powerful that mm, the whole body was getting so tensed mm. and was bearing the baby down. Mm. I was in the bathtub and um, I was laying down on my back. I couldn't jump up. It was paralyzing when those mm. contractions would be coming. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't open my eyes. Mm. Um, I had knees um, and they're in some kind of angle. So I was... Uh, holding my hips with both both hands and was 
just trying to relax through the contraction because my body was doing everything. I just had to try to, well, I was, what I thought I was doing is trying to slow it down because I realized that I'm pushing my midwife still needs some time. <laughs> and, and again, it was not scary. I was more excited, like, whoa, now we're in the pushing phase. I was actually expecting what I again know from your podcast and from the books, this phase when you reach seven centimeters and you start doubting everything. Yeah, the transition time. Yeah. The transition. So I thought I would have that, but maybe maybe it was already one time one. Yeah, the pushing my partner, he was checking on me, then he stayed. Um, the bus stop with me but when i realized that uh, we are we are pushing he got instructions to make the water less hot because i in the beginning i started the water was probably too hot for the baby to be born into he warmed up the, the sleeping room he brought from upstairs the clothes <laughs> and the f- Let's say the bonding moment was uh, the the poop moment. I know not many people say about it, but um, yeah, you you poop when you push. Yeah, and that was was uh, something. Let's say traumatizing for me the first time around mm. because it was also a partner birth, and we are so freshly together. Let's say mm. we were for one year together, and then I got pregnant and mm. then this like my love would see me pooping so i was trying to work mm. against it the first time around yes i was so the second time around i really didn't care yes like the sensations they're so powerful there is no way you will work against it you it's so um it was in the bus stop, and if you have a midwife or if you have a doula, they are doing it probably for you, right? There is such a thing as a poop scoop. Yeah, poop scooper. Of- yeah, for sure. <laughs> we always have a poop scooper if you're in the bar. <laughs> I always call but- myself a professional poop scooper. <laughs> but you see, we were still together, and they. Of course, I didn't have one. So my sweetheart, he was taking with his bare hands my poop and he was throwing it into the bus and then the toilet. Brilliant. Yeah, I know. It's such... I had a slight thought of, oh, how embarrassing is that? But then it was gone because the contractions, they were so poor. Like, I, I had more important things to concentrate on. Yeah. Yeah. Another, let's say, embarrassing moment uh, is that I was... Um, again I'm talking from for myself as um, my midwife didn't see me naked before as majority right you have this pre-talks and yeah you have the talks before birth and then uh, she comes in when she finally came in I'm naked well because I know some women give birth in the in the bra and oh. I took off all the clothes I didn't feel like being in the clothes no. like the first time around as well <clears throat> yeah so when when she came she checked on me briefly and uh, she's such a you know, um, experienced uh, home birth midwife. They are very rare now- nowadays in Germany in general and mm-hmm. the whole world. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for, for still doing it. It's um, We know 
probably people listening to the podcast, of course, know the importance of home birth midwives, but the downsides in, in some countries, like in Germany, it is uh, not very common to have yeah. a home birth, but the midwives, they have to pay a very expensive insurance. Mm. It's 10K per year that you yeah. have to pay and you get for the labor from insurance for one labor like 500 mm. you have to do a, a lot of births to at mm. least pay your insurance, insurance so it's really yeah. not not really profitable but no. anyway uh she's she comes in and says hi it's like so like, gently and I'm like I'm, i think i'm in labor she's like yeah but but but, but uh, because uh, I was very, very vocal. I was shouting. I was, swe- I was swearing. I knew I have to not shout too loud, but I couldn't, couldn't help it. Um, she checked briefly. She checked the heartbeat was such a, I think. With a Doppler. Doppler. Yeah, she yeah. checked the Doppler. Yeah. Yeah, she said the baby's fine. And she left the room. Great. To prepare, she came with such a huge uh, backpack, no, not backpack, uh, <laughs> travel, travel bag. She said, oh, I will move in with you as a job. <laughs> but the moment she left the room, I felt that I'm, well, the, the baby is crowning. Mm-hmm. And I'm shouting, like, come back, the baby is crowning, come back, and start squeaking. <laughs> She runs back in, like, yeah, you are doing fine. You are doing fine. The only thing I knew that I didn't want it to happen too soon. I didn't want to tear. Mm. So I knew that fast is bad. Mm. That's why probably I I asked for her, let's say, help. That's why I shouted that she needs to come back. Yeah. And she probably knew that you were really close. That's why she was like, oh, great. You know, I'm just going to set up out here because that's what we do, right? We set up a little station, you know, we just prepare in case we need some of our stuff. We know where it is. We just, you know, we get the gloves and we get the things. And so she's probably just like outside doing all of that, fully aware that you're going to have a baby any moment, you know? Yeah, she says she can always tell by the loudness and by the noises that the woman makes and she always knows it's a real thing if the father's call yes <laughs> that she needs to come <laughs> well she didn't leave the room anymore uh, since because i was really the baby was crowned the feeling that you cannot mix up with anything with anything mm-hmm. else right on the side note uh, i feel it's not really pleasant but it's i don't feel any pain when the baby is going through the uh, channel yeah the first time around as well i was even asking is it normal is it normal i don't feel any pain <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so everyone has around. such a different experience you know some people as you say don't feel like the bearing down process doesn't hurt uh, but felt maybe that the opening part did. And then there's other women who feel the absolute opposite, who feel like, you know, it wasn't too bad with the opening, but the bearing down or the crowning was the worst. So everyone's so different. It, it all depends, you know, we're just so differently made up, you know, where our nerve endings are. And yeah, we're just all unique, aren't we? Yeah. Well, the crowning part, 
I, I want I think I wanted her to help me. She's like, no, you're doing fine. Mm-hmm. I knew that hands off is the yeah. best approach. Um, Especially in the bath, essentially in the bath, it's mm-hmm. always hands off. You know, there was there would only be anything if we thought something was really wrong and we needed assisting, you know, but otherwise it's hands off in the bath. So when you choose a bath birth, then it's hands off always. And um, the side note about the bath, I would never think you can give birth in my bath. It's long and very narrow. <sighs> um, it's, it's made, we're renting this house. It's uh, made for the owner who was a very tall man. So okay. when I'm laying in there, my, my feet, I cannot push with my feet against the wall. Um, so, and uh, because it's narrow, you cannot really put your ha- legs right. To which my <sighs> midwife said, you can give birth anywhere. Yes. Like, this bus, it was when I was thinking if I should rent a pool when I was considering mm. if it's a water birth or not. And then I said, it's too much work. It would be annoying me if it would be standing <laughs> there. for So... And again, it was not planned to be a water burst. That's why I just happened to be at that moment and couldn't get out anymore. Mm. But there, we just had this uh, water water pipe that water comes out. Uh, that's where I was probably putting. No, actually not. No, I was just laying in, in the bus stop, and it was enough. As narrow as it was, it mm. just all happened. Mm. Um, the baby was born after three probably contractions so she crowned then once again contraction to give birth to the head uh-huh. very unpleasant very unpleasant feelings but <laughs> uh, i guess the most unpleasant is that where you need to wait between the two contractions when you're like crowning that you're you're stretching yeah. against the head and then you need to wait when the next one comes because you're usually not pushing right by yourself yeah um and the third one was the body mm. uh, they were joking that she was just like <laughs> she skyrocketed out of me <laughs> uh, was, because it was so powerful so the body just expelled her yeah her. wow i planned to pick up her myself but i was so outtake taken by the power of contractions I, I was all the time with closed eyes and when it finally happened I guess I was so exhausted uh, then the midwife picked her up and placed her on my chest well, we were probably laughing about uh, from joy and uh, well she I had a uh, plan that the baby needs to lay by herself I think she tried mm-hmm. And she, she found the boob. She's the she's the screamer. My my first one she was not screaming. She was very calm, probably exhausted from the long birth. But uh, Eva, she shouted straight away and started drinking. She was a very thirsty baby. She was drinking a lot. Um, what's worth mentioning? Um, one of my fears was that um, I would start losing blood. And while we were cuddling the, the baby, we didn't really pay attention, but the water became red. So I, I was hemorrhaging. And that's when my midwife said, uh, we, are, we need to do something. She stopped the water. And the burst was a lot, lotus burst, was planned to be a lotus burst. So mm-hmm. she couldn't uh, 
well, let's say she would clamp the cord if she really had to, but there are studies that are showing that you actually are helping if the baby is sucking, right? So that you can yeah. hemorrhage. Mm. So it's a good thing not to uh, reach. I was still holding her. They emptied the bus stop. Mm-hmm. We covered the baby. And I saw that she started becoming my midwife a bit worried. Mm. But I then just ask, shall I try to push the placenta out? Can you? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. just just a slight push. And it was, and the bleeding stopped. And so the placenta was just sitting there and you just pushed it out and then it stopped. And see, this is the thing, isn't it? That sometimes that's all that needs to happen, that the placenta needs to be burst. And a lot of times it's ready. You know, that that you bleed after birth is not a bad thing, you know, and for some women, it's just a little bit. And for some, it's a bit more. It's more about how are you feeling? Were you feeling fine? I was feeling fine. I was just like, it's bothering. It's, I was bothered. Like I had my baby here yeah. and I'm, I'm looking there. I'm not scared. It's, uh, and um, she was saying that we discussed it at our first meeting that, that I was asking why the hemorrhaging can happen. And she was saying that when the placenta is not completely, so it's released, but it's still holding to the uterus with some parts of it. Mm. So the outer line is holding to the and wall of the uterus. So And then it's not letting the uterus to contract. That's why the bleeding is happening. She said that's what it happened, what happened probably. Right. But it was over the bleeding stopped um yeah the placenta was born we've put a diaper on it i know some people do this beautiful ceremonies of uh, <laughs> yeah flowers and salt um, was not ready for that so we've placed uh, the midwife came up with the suggestion she always does lotus births she suggests to her women lotus births so at least for let's say at least for a few hours, at least for a day, at least for a few days, mm-hmm. right? A few diapers so that it's handy, so it's not uh, leaking blood. And then you yeah. place it on the baby and then they're together for another few days. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like your placenta just came away naturally and was just sitting in your vagina. And when you said, oh, I can just push and it just came out, that tells me it wasn't attached. It was just sitting there. And so sometimes it's just that we just need to birth it to to stop the bleeding because anything inside will keep it bleeding. So even if you have just a little piece of membrane or something like that stuck, then it also can make you bleed. So um, it doesn't sound to me like it was half gone or half stuck. It sounds to me like you just naturally had, you know, they had detached and it was just sitting there ready for you to push it out. Beautiful. That was another moment. The first burst around, I was also hemorrhaging. And there they've cut the cord. I also wanted uh, at least a delayed cord cramping, if not a lotus burst. They cut the cord straight away because they said I'm hemorrhaging so much. Mm. So were you hemorrhaging a lot? Or was it just maybe a separation bleed after long birth? It was hemorrhaging, uh, but my home birth midwife, she checked the records of the first birth and she said it was not that much the, yeah. It was written how many milliliters, but yeah. she said it's it's still not it's not too dramatic. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. A lot of health professionals, especially in the hospital, will think that any blood is too much blood and will act very quickly. Especially if there is a gush, 
you know, that gut can just be that your placenta has detached. And so to just hang on for a second and just see, you know, is it just gushing or is it just like one gush and then it slows down? Because that just means that the placenta is letting go. And so these are the things that sometimes gets lost in the hospital system because they're so ready to act, right? That they're ready to act and save and prevent things that sometimes it happens too quickly when it actually might not have been a problem. And when you can look at other things around you, you know that it's not just about how much you bleed. It's also about how are you feeling, you know? Are you feeling all right? Maybe your body can handle a little bit more than other people and so on and so forth. So I wouldn't call it hemorrhaging just because you bleed. Bleeding is just bleeding. It can be totally normal to bleed. Hemorrhaging is like when you have a really big bleed that really affects you physiologically. You know, you feel you feel dizzy, exhausted, thirsty, weak. You know, you feel like you're going to faint. You have a high, high heart rate. You know, you have all these other things that, that tells you that you're bleeding too much. But if you don't, if you don't have that, it wasn't a hemorrhage. It was just a bleed, natural, normal bleed. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. So you're there in the bath with your baby, and are you getting out of the bath now when you're doing the lotus birth and going to bed, or what are you doing? The um, the baby was already with Papa because um, well, I had had to ch- check me and wash me up. So the baby was with Papa in the in the room already, and uh, my midwife like I felt them as a baby because I was so exhausted and from laying in the bus stop in this uncomfortable, quite uncomfortable position. Uh, my body was not really listening to me, so she was lift, lifting me and she washed me up. I I didn't I think I didn't tear. Maybe there was a, sc- a scratch, a slight scratch, mm. but also nothing, no tears. Beautiful. She washed me up, helped me to, to dress, put on a diaper on me <laughs> and sent me to, to rest. Yeah. She was done with paperwork a few hours later. They've done she's done the checkup of the baby. We went to bed, all of us. Beautiful. So what made this a empowering experience for you? I realized that I can't do it. I I control the process. My 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 body, my body controls the process. That I don't need anyone. I don't need to be saved. So if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby, what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Yeah, I would say read, listen. I can advise. I know my guest can. I understand it. Might it might be not for everyone. Um, it's very. It's a bit hippie. There are some things written there that are nowadays are not done this way anymore. But anyway, educate yourself. Um, check out spinning babies. It's not advertisement, obviously. It's just a very helpful resource. Um, for preparing for birth and during birth, the midwives are using it a lot. Right? They're described um, techniques, what, how you can help yourself if uh, your baby, let's say, is stuck, if you're not doing very well progress. They're described things that if you're here, if you're a provide birth healthcare provider doesn't know, you would know, your partner would be trained. So we trained this with a rebozo or just... Uh, 
the side side release called so there are things that you can do to help yourself that your partner can do to you to help the baby move or take a better position and i would say um, do not put do not empower anyone except for yourself do not put the, all the trust and power into your doctor midwife they they might be wrong they're not you you know the best it's birth, birth is not the process uh, where somebody else would know better yes if you would go for the heart transfer or even easier operations yes the doctor knows better they're, they're trained but in labor it's i think it's enough to understand the basic it's, it's enough to understand what's normal and not and that you get from simple listening to podcasts like the natural birth podcast helped a lot listening to other women talking about their they are not professionals but they're talking about what happened to them and as commenting and you know okay that might happen then you're reading a bit maybe some articles to know like reading the research has helped me to understand that no i'm not i'm actually um, i'm smart doing it at home it's not weird as many people think it's safe so then you are in the right mindset your body is prepared i was doing yoga i don't know if it helped but it, at least you're stretched you're you know don't feel too clumsy and um when it comes to choosing where you are birthing i'm not promoting home birth and um, maybe I, I don't know much about birth houses um maybe you can have a natural birth in the hospital if I, maybe if i was such a badass that i would not be listening to <laughs> what people what other people are telling me i have to be doing if i Maybe now I can go to hospital and have an empowering natural birth, but just um, do what's more comfortable for you, what you think is right. My last pearl is that you have to do it, so you are deciding how you are doing it. Not not your partner. It's not he who would be then suffering from the interventions. It's not your partner who would get an episiotomy. It's not your partner who would be suffering with postpartum depression. It's you. So you come first. Beautiful. Um, Thank you so much, Senia, for coming on and sharing your empowering birth story. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.